Welcome to Running the Bases. I am Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, what a game last night. Great game, great game. What baseball is all about. What baseball is all about. It had everything. It had all that small ball. What would you think of the small ball? Uh, uh, I, I love bunts and steals. I think Ned Yost does a lot of it to say, look at me, my team bunts uh, at times when it's inappropriate. Uh, but I also think if the Royals are going to beat the Angels, they're going to have to go against what is logical for them to do and continue bunting and stealing and doing all. And I don't know if taking your best pitcher out at 88 pitches is the thing that that they was need not to wise. To do. That no. move backfired. You think? Uh, I do horribly so. But that's you know that was part of what was so great about the game was that. You had managers making decisions that go against what they've been doing all year, and you saw them fail. And then, but then they come back and they stick with what they had been doing, and then they succeeded. Amazing. I just think that game had Kansas City barbecue sauce all over it. <laughs> I agree. I I really feel like watching that game. I had a sense of what it must have been like to watch the game six of the 75 series. I know that that's far from apples to apples, but you know, that's definitely one of the most exciting baseball games I've seen since probably, I don't know, 2004 ALCS. Um, well, what's the, what, what game can you think of before last night? That was that great of a game to watch postseason or regular season. Oh, I, I can't answer that. There are so many games that have been uh, you know, tremendous for me to watch. Uh, the, uh, I mean, you're trying to compare this to the game six and seventy five. Well, game seven and ninety one was, you know, a, uh, one of the greatest games ever. I don't. Uh, a game with this many bunts and seven stolen bases. This sounds like a Cardinals team in the 60s with Lou Brock stealing five or six bases or something. Uh, you all right there? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. A Gibson versus uh, um, Lolich start or something, you know, in 67. I, I, I can't really compare it to... Another game. I I don't think it's right to compare one game against another game. Well, no, I, it's not to compare it, but just when was the last time you saw something that you know a game like that with you know that kind of excitement? But um, I'll tell you one thing: um, the the use of small ball, which we we did a whole episode about, they really did. I they got into Lester's head. You know, I feel like they did upset his rhythm. They were pulling out all kinds of tricks at the beginning of it. You know, calling for time at the last second and dancing off first base and you know um you even had uh what i forget what inning it was but the catcher uh dropped the ball on the pitch out because he wasn't looking at the ball he was looking at the runner mm -hmm. so very effective stuff don't do you do you get the sense that we may be in store for a a similar uh postseason to 91 you got all these upstart teams um, similar to how the Braves and the Twins were in that year. A lot of teams with young talent that's finally matured and they're they're putting it all together. Uh, no, I, again, I'm sorry. I don't want to compare one year to another. I think we are 
uh, in store for what could be a great, uh, my version of March Madness. I mean, this is my March Madness, uh, the playoffs and stuff. And it could be a great year for it. Do you, uh, you know, how do you feel about uh, the wild card game? Um, I mean, oh, it, I think it's awful, but it's getting, I mean. Great theater, but yeah, I would yeah. have hated to have been an A's or a Royals fan. I mean, I, you know, 2012 with us, that was just awful. But I, I don't see any way they can expand the playoffs uh, without shortening the season anymore. Uh, I would be all for a two out of three matchup in that game, but you're going to have to knock it back to 154 games before you can do that. And they're not going to do that. That's too much revenue. It's true. But, you know, playoff revenue is higher, and you're you're hearing that in basketball, baseball, and hockey. It's shorten the regular season, expand the playoffs. And which sport has shortened their regular season? Uh, Little League? <laughs> All right. No, they haven't. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, none. Uh, it's gone from 12 to 14, but... I'm not, you know, arguing with your point at all. I, I just merely bringing up that... Uh, I, I agree with you, I, I think. And, and everybody kind of agrees that, you know, it would... Gosh, a, a day off, you know, uh, in the middle of the season can mean wonders. Uh, the uh, and, and make have a couple of double headers in there. That would, you know, so you have more days off. But again, the loss in revenue is... Uh, so important and now that it's just not going to happen yeah but if uh, anything we're it's going to get longer well uh, yeah i i don't know there might i don't know the ramifications of a longer Look, every season. sport is talking about a longer season even though everybody is saying well, that you and have- every sport is you know talking about you know how much every every commentator around the sports is is saying how they shouldn't but they don't own the teams. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, uh, so you know, the postseason has officially begun, and you gotta, you gotta admit, you know, it is, it, it is a success for baseball. We have the first game of the playoffs is essentially a game seven. You know, it's, it has the same energy, and is great theater. So, um, so what are you looking forward to the most in this postseason? Did you know that there? Before the first game, there was a potential for a Beltway series, a Freeway series, an I-70 series, or a Battle of the Bay Bridge. Yes. That's pretty amazing. You get enough teams involved, <laughs> and uh, you know, eventually you can say all that. Well, what are you looking forward to uh, in the postseason before talking predictions? Um, no, I, I want competitive, exciting games. I, I you know, And I want... Uh, players to rise to a a new level uh and i want to see what makes sport great to us to see the uh the individual overcoming all odds and overcoming all obstacles and and being what we root for yeah and i also want to see you know uh I want to see Clayton Kershaw pitching in more postseason games, more of them. I want to see McCutcheon playing in meaningful games as well. You know, these, these, uh, you know, you talk about like how NFL parades itself as having all of this parody. And so, you know, there's players to watch essentially on every team except Jacksonville. Um, 
you know, in baseball, it's great to see a year where it's not all, you know, you know, the Yankees aren't in it because the Yankees used to have all the stars. You know, we've got great talent on all the teams that are in it. Except Jacksonville. Name to me five Tennessee Titans. Uh, okay. I mean, you know, um, the uh, football players keep their helmets on so we can't see who they are. They're they're penalized if they take their helmets off. Uh, the uh, If you're going to p- compare personalities, you have to compare uh, Major League Baseball to uh, – to the NBA uh, football is the person, the main personalities uh, stems from college and they're the coaches. Um, they, you know, well, the- no, that's true. And I'm saying that, you know, football fans know Jamal Charles when he's running around for Kansas city because you know, he's uh, because on- Kansas city is in the super bowl. It's still going to get, you know, super because, because of the parody. You they know. know Charles because they know where he ranks in their fantasy team. Fantasy team. That's, this you know, is true. Football is all about fantasy teams. It's true. Baseball is reality. There you go. Um, so it's greatest reality TV. I, I could not agree more. Um, so let's start with predictions. Um, it, it, early on in the season, it was Tigers-Dodgers. Uh, later on in the season, it was Angels-Dodgers. Um, where are you right now? Who's going to be in the big show? Right now, I, I, because of Kershaw, I don't see anybody beating the Dodgers, uh, all the way through. Um, in the American league, I, 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 I'm blinded by my desire to, uh, of wanting to see the Orioles win. Um, I think the National League is going to get down to the Dodgers and the Nationals, uh, and the Dodgers are going to win because they have Kershaw. Uh, And depending on how much he's been used before they get to the World Series uh, will depend on whether the Dodgers win or not in the World Series. In the American League, um, I don't see the Royals going beyond this. Their pitching is um, just not going to hold up throughout all of this. Uh, and gosh, it's uh, I, I'm going to have to go. That I still think the Tigers are going to work their way through. Uh, I, I'm going to agree with that. I too am going to choose Tigers out of the American League as as long as that bullpen doesn't do what it's been doing all year. Um, if they can find another gear. Um, and then in the National League, I agree with, you know, it's Kershaw and the Dodgers and then everybody else. Um, but God bless if you can't ever count out the Cardinals. Okay. So, I, I, don't, I didn't even want to mention them. I know. I'll just, you know, you got to throw it out there. Um, now, which uh, of the potential, you know, interstate rivalry game World Series, which one would you be most fascinated to watch? Or would be most intrigued by Beltway? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to go Beltway too. So, um, before we get to our main topic tonight, I want to take a moment to uh, talk to you about Bees Bistro, proud sponsor of Running the Bases in the heart of Sandy Springs, sixty twenty Sandy Springs Circle, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, come by, have a drink, have an entree. It's great. I eat there. I even work there. How about that? Um, so we're talking tonight, 
<laughs> we're talking tonight about um, we're going to talk about Jeter and we're going to talk about uh, great clutch hitters. Um, what did you did you watch Jeter's uh, farewell games, the Yankee Stadium, and then in Boston? Absolutely. Yeah. And what did you think of the Yankee Stadium finale? I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm not a Yankee Stadium fan. I'm not a Derek Jeter fan. But that was great theater. And that's it was what Jeter has done forever. His 3,000th hit, wasn't it? Like some grand slam. It was a home that, run. Yeah. Yeah, that Off of David Price. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, he – and – it was, and he does the same in Boston. His last at bat, you know, he hits that little chopper and gets the RBI. Uh, the um, it was great. Do you think in the Yankee Stadium game that the the fix could have been in? Yes, yes, yeah. I think the pitch could have been a little bit fat. Uh, however, so. the Orioles, um, and I talked to my son about this. The Orioles are still at that time fighting for the best record in the American League. It was still there for them. That's significant, uh, an extra home game. Uh, the uh, And Showalter hates the Yankees. So that makes me think maybe not. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, but it served, you know— I mean, Those, I've heard all the stuff about how the pitch was eighty some miles an hour. You, you know, know so. before that even, I'm I'm thinking about top of the ninth. David Robinson's pitches to the Orioles were pretty fat. You know, that's that's a little you know, stretch. That's too far back. Yeah. You don't think Selig called down to the dugout? Oh no, I don't in think the top Selig, of the ninth. No, and as said, much as I would like to blame Selig for something like this, no, yeah, I don't think he had anything to. No, he's like, hey guys, listen, <laughs> no. uh, serve up a meatball to the Orioles. We got to no. get this to the bottom of the ninth. No. And the only time I, in baseball history that I feel more than 50% certain it happened was when Denny McLean served up Mickey Mantle's 500th home run, and only because Denny McLean said he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, uh, Jeter, uh, pretty clutch, wouldn't you say? Yes, I would. Yeah, I... Uh, what makes a clutch hitter in your mind? Um, all right. There is a big argument. All of the sabermetricians or you know, whatever, all of these guys with all of these number crunchers say that there's no such thing as a clutch hitter. And they will say that if you take all hitters' ninth inning performance or all hitters' performance with runners in scoring position and two outs or anything like this, any, any kind of clutch situation, and you want to look at this throughout the season, the numbers are always the same. Uh, it doesn't show that a David Ortiz is a clutch hitter. Uh, I, first of all, I think you can take numbers to say anything you want. Uh, Especially you, in this strata baseball in baseball where there's so many numbers yeah uh, the uh, you start looking at it, night games against left-handers you know that are three years removed from double a you know uh <laughs> the uh but if you take these same percentages maybe it does show that david ortiz hits the same uh the the same amount of home runs in the seventh through the ninth inning as he does the first through the third innings. But if if you wanted to show what he does in September and October, that's a totally different thing. 
in April, hitting in the eighth inning just isn't as clutch as it is as hitting uh, in the eighth inning in September. And there's so many ways of looking at uh, what is clutch and what isn't. For David Ortiz, and I'm using him because he's uh, you know the most visible example of oh, yeah. a clutch hitter Hands today. Down. Uh, the uh, what he does against the Yankees is certainly more clutch than what he has done against the Rangers over the last uh, five years or so. Uh, clutch is defined by so many different things. Any baseball fan, uh, if you watch the game close enough, you realize there are people that have gone beyond the bounds of what it seems possible. They have gone above their own uh, abilities, abilities, uh, their uh, the uh, own things that you would uh, ascribe to their biorhythms and everything else. Uh, there are the people that, uh, and that's why we watch sports, to see people excel beyond their abilities, to see people go beyond what is uh, what we can t- what we determine as being great, and if you've watched baseball, I mean, how could you not say that I'm not a big David Ortiz fan? But how could you not say that this guy was not a clutch hitter? Have you not seen a World Series anytime recently or a playoff game? Yeah. Uh, and Derek Jeter, too many times this has happened. It, yeah. In our own strata, how many times did you see Chipper Jones come back from the DL, and as soon as he's back from the DL, boom, home run, ball game, uh, that's it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Chipper was incredibly clutch. Uh, now, yeah. that doesn't mean that all players were. I grew up, my, my first, well, no, I can't even say my first, uh, but uh, my, my favorite player was Roberto Clemente, and Clemente's stats were so much better with runners and scoring position. Uh, his uh, he had a three twenty six average with runners and scoring position. Uh, he hit four fourteen in the four in the fourteen World Series games that he was in, and every hit was and he got a hit in every game, and they were all incredibly important. He was the and he he was. He was a clutch player in the field. He made the great plays in the field. If you're a clutch player at the plate, you're going to be a clutch player in the field. You're, a cl- you're, you're If you've played the game, you know there are some people when it gets down to it, at when everything's on the line, you want the ball hit to you or you want to be the person at the plate. And Certainly with pitchers. Well, uh, pitchers yes. are right up there with just flat out being clutch. But. Uh, I'll, I never remember uh, – Somebody asked Pedro Guerrero, third baseman for the Dodgers, and said, what do you think of every time, uh, you know, when the players at bat? And I was like, please hit the ball to somebody other than Sachs or me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it's – But if you're a clutch hitter, you're a clutch fielder. Well, no, I I wouldn't say – well, Justin, my my son and I have always believed that if you're a superstar, you make superstar plays – Chipper Jones was not the greatest fielder, but when it came down, when we needed somebody to come in and get that bunt barehanded and make an unbelievable throw to first, that was Chipper. He would do it. When uh, the uh, 
Yeah, I, I, when Jeter has to come screaming over from yeah, he, <laughs> his position to cut off the the errant throw right, in a playoff right. game, he did it. Even though he sucked as a, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> he was really bad as a shortstop. I yeah. mean, uh, well, not well, not really bad, but you know, when but it, that right there is the argument. You know, sabermetrics says that Derek Jeter was an average shortstop, but no, he was a superstar. Exactly, he was a superstar. I, you know, I, I didn't particularly like him, but he. He was a superstar. No, he really was. Now, do you think, because see, I have this theory that you have to get in certain moments to be considered clutch. Like, I don't I, I don't have any numbers on, you know, how many walk-off hits, you know, certain players have during the regular season, you know, like Jeter, for example. But, you know, any, it seems like any big game, you know, there he is hitting a home run to become Mr. November or, you know. All right, all right. I, I let me. I'll answer your question here, I think, before you've actually asked it. Yeah. Um, Well, do the moments make the player clutch, or do the clutch players find the moments, I guess? the No, I I would say the moments make them clutch. Uh, Yeah, I would say. If the person who uh, argues the best for clutch hitting uh, with – stats from like 72 and 73 on uh prior to 72 and 73 they don't have uh nearly as detailed uh status uh, statistics as they do uh past that time uh and past that time um it, it eddie murray is has more rbis i think he has 505 with two outs uh which is a tremendous amount. Now, prior, if you were to put in the years prior to 72 and 73, it really, I mean, in all likelihood, is Hank Aaron and Pete Rose that are your two biggest clutch hitters. Now, I'm going to argue, first of all, I watched the Reds play for too long. Every player on their team was a clutch hitter. Tony Perez has all, you know, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, the, uh, the Joe Morgan, you know, for a couple of years was the best player in baseball at any inning. Uh, and Johnny Bench, the greatest catcher ever. So, I mean, so the Reds were always there. I saw Hank Aaron, I don't know how many times, pop up uh, with two outs in the ninth. Uh, but he, it seems like Henry was always at bat with two outs in the, the ninth. And he didn't get the name Bad Henry from other teams because he popped up in the ninth. Uh, uh, (laughs) I mean, and apparently his stats are such that had they had the same stats post-72 and 73 that they did prior to that, he would have been there. Uh, And I don't remember the original question now. Well, I mean, it's, you know, like clutch moments, you think about how they find certain players, you know, because where the kind of hitter they are, does that determine it? You know, if you're a three hole or a four hole clean clean up, or um, is that does that make you, by definition, the clutch player that is looked to to come through in that moment? You know, do you, can you think of a, a any number six, seven, and eight? Oh, hitters? absolutely. The first one that the first great clutch hitter that I ever became aware of was Yogi Berra. Uh, and in those, in my early days of following baseball, 
uh, Mickey Mantle and, and then later Roger Maris. And these were like, uh, you know, heroes of mine as they would have been for, you know, most, you know, nine and 10 year old boys and stuff. But uh, the Yogi Berra was this funny looking guy that was no longer the starting catcher that batted sixth or something like that. And when you got to the World Series, He's always the one knocking him in. He's the guy that hits the home run that puts the Yankees ahead in 1960, you know, uh, which Ralph Terry goes on and blows later. but Or no, Casey Stingle <laughs> goes on and blows later because he had uh, – that's a different story. Uh, but, I mean, uh, Yogi Berra and, – and there may be one uh, – a connection that you can make uh, – between some clutch hitters, uh, Clemente was the same way. These are people that hit that didn't hit in the strike zone; would hit anything thrown to them. I don't know if that makes a difference or not, but uh, if you can look at a lot of clutch hitters, or, or apparently quote clutch in uh, quote, uh, and you know, Clemente, uh, Barra, Chipper to a certain extent. Chipper, you know, would hit outside the zone depending on the. Um, what was necessary at the time. It's interesting that at no point, not to interrupt, but I just did. Um, we haven't said certain names like Bonds or Gwyn or, you know, uh, A-Rod. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if that means anything, but I find that interesting. You know, that, that those names have not come up in this conversation. You know, uh, uh, particularly Barry Bonds. I, I, you know, what what's the most clutch Barry Bonds moment in a big uh, game? I mean, he only played in one World Series, but uh, I, I, I'm not. I, I just have a hard time putting Bonds in any kind of conversation. Certainly, he was an incredibly uh, adept clutch hitter. A lot of this had to do with the pressure that was on the pitcher at that time because of who he was facing and who he was facing was not a real human. Uh, yeah. so I don't, I, I, I don't even yeah, yeah. consider that no, it's true. a conversation. And the same thing is true with a rock. Uh, who was the other one you just mentioned? Well, Tony uh, Gwynn, Tony Gwynn, uh, was so systematic, uh, I mean, and vowed always to go the other way and hit it between the five hole or whatever, you know. Uh, the uh, He didn't change at all. I mean, and I think if certain, uh, I think he appeared clutch at times because uh, he was such a good hitter. And just percentage-wise, he's going to get more hits at clutch time because he's a better hitter. He also hit Braves pitching better than anybody ever. Uh, or he hit Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin better than just about anybody. There was a catcher in... Uh, in <laughs> oh, uh, Redmond, my, right? Yeah, Redmond. Or no, yeah. it was... Uh, what was that guy's name? It was like... It was either Redmond or it was Jack? No, no it was Redmond. I think it was. I think yeah. it was Redmond, too. You know, it's... Um, uh, you know, I would call David Justice clutch, but I'm basing that off of one swing of the bat. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't see him as being over. That was a very clutch hit, but I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, and there are, in terms of clutch, you also have to look at it. People can go through streaks of this. The greatest clutch season I ever saw, and there was no comparison, 
was Yastrzemski in 67 when he wins the Triple Crown. Yeah. Uh, when they're going through that last month of the season where the Red Sox, Twins, the Tigers, and the Orioles are all tied uh, for first you know, through – and the uh, – and Yastrzemski was the only – <laughs> The Red Sox were awful, but Yastrzemski got every RBI, every clutch hit. It was every single one. Uh, yeah. The uh, nobody, I've never seen anybody have a season like I didn't see Barry Bonds and all his steroids ever have a season like that, yeah. you know, or McGuire or anything else. I've never seen any major leaguer. Roger Maris didn't have a season like that. Uh, it was just incredible, uh, but he didn't do that all the time. So. Yeah, you know, uh, as we're watching, you know, this uh, the NL wild card game as we speak. You, we, we could in theory simulcast this if Major League Baseball wouldn't go on and sue us. But anyway, um, the, <laughs> they're not gonna sue us. But go eventually, ahead. they would be able to. Okay. Um, you know, the postseason obviously is where the stars and the lights shine brightest, and so it's what makes, you know, it's it's what gives us the memory of who is a truly clutch hitter and. And, and and it's a misnomer because by that logic, the Cardinals just pump them out like out of some factory. You know, David Freeze. Would you say David Freeze is one of the greatest clutch hitters of all time? No, no. But <laughs> what's him? He know. had a good series. Yeah, exactly. He hit. You know, two. I will say, Stan Musial is one of the greatest clutch hitters of all time because he got the name Stan the Man not in the postseason, but hitting against Dodgers because he got all the clutch hits. I think there are, I mean, the postseason is certainly where uh, middle America makes identities of certain players, but I, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, David Eckstein in 2006. I don't consider David Eckstein a great clutch hitter. You know, you may say that. I, I, I say that. Two World Series championships, big hits in both, and it seemed like... So did Bobby Richardson. Do I, <laughs> I don't consider Bobby Richardson. Bobby Richardson has more hits than anybody in a World Series. Uh, do In one single year, singular World Series. So I consider him the greatest uh, clutch hitter of second... No, no, I don't put him in the top 50. Uh <laughs> What about Ozzie Smith in no, uh, 85? No, no, no. Ozzie Smith. See, that's my point is that Ozzie it's a clutch Smith, moment that, you know, probably. Clu- oh, Ozzie, he was so, he was so was, clutch. No, no, no. He did have that one moment. And he that's, won it bad. <laughs> so is Bill Mazeroski, the greatest clutch hitter of all time, because he had the one seventh or uh, ninth inning, seventh game walk-off home run in World Series history. So I guess Bill Mazeroski is the greatest clutch hitter of <laughs> all time. And a close second, David Eckstein. <laughs> now, um, uh, so on the reverse side of it, what are some of the most famous un... You know, what are some of the A-Rod. Most, A-Rod. Um, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> it's a different question than that. We're going to take the superhumans out of it. Um, or the non-humans, but what are the most famous uh, failed clutch moments uh, in that you can think of where a superstar is at the plate, everybody who's rooting for him is like, okay, this is the moment. They need to deliver the clutch hit. This is their moment, and then I, they fail. I, I don't remember these. I know, I think it is 1908. It might be 1909. I think it's probably 1909 where... <laughs> Obviously, I don't remember. Uh, but when the Tigers played the Pirates, and 
uh, it was the big series of Honus Wagner versus Ty Cobb. And Honus Wagner just ate up Ty Cobb. More <laughs> of everything. Stolen bases, at-bats, uh, hits, walks, uh, home runs, RBIs, everything. Ty Cobb had an awful series. Honus Wagner was like the MVP. Uh, and Ty Cobb really fl- – and Ty Cobb was going uh, – went in with all the bravado. I'm going to, you know, beat – he called him the crout head, uh, Wagner. Uh, as <laughs> That wasn't nice. Yeah, well, that was sure not nice of that man. Yeah, Ty Cobb, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Cogeniality. Uh, the uh, Ted Williams in his first World Series, uh, and I was that 41? 46. I, I, 46, yeah, that yeah. was it. Uh, you know, where he has like an awful World Series, you know, and they're favored and everything. There, there have been people that have uh, failed like that. And shoot, uh, you can say in so many different uh world series games where the Braves vaulted you know uh pitching staff didn't do what they were predicted to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, the two that I have in mind are um I guess cl- the most clear uh 2012 World Series uh Miggy's at the plate with runners on to try and extend the series to a fifth game but he was hurt too but go ahead yeah well you know it's the it it was his uh it was his triple crown year but um he uh he got caught looking at strike three right down the middle and that ended the world series but more so i mean that was game four they were already down three nothing so you know kind of i don't know if it would have done anything if he had delivered in that moment but 2006 i remember Carlos Beltran at the plate for the Mets bases loaded game seven against the Cardinals three, two count Wainwright's pitching in relief. Cause he was, you know, still new and he stared at strike three of like an 88 mile an hour <laughs> curveball right down the middle. Didn't even take the bat off of his shoulder. I don't think it gets any more unclutched than that. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, but I've seen a lot of people take third strikes, you know, for yeah. Well, what's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> another clutch player I want to just mention that I, I have disliked my whole life. Uh, I really never liked him, probably for the teams he played for as much as anything. But Gary Carter was an incredibly clutch player, but. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, the, you know, it, as as Jeter is now officially retired and you know runs off into the sunset or whatnot, I think of those Yankees teams and the the you know his dynasty run. Seem like Scott Brocious and Paul O'Neill all the time coming through in clutch I mean, moments. They're, they're only there at the very beginning. It, true, but they're there frequently. You know, and and even O'Neill before that when he was on Cincinnati. You know, and, and these are players. Well, he was a good player, though, too. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, but he came through in big moments frequently, which, you know, to me is still, you know, is the, 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 the highest definition of clutch. But we'll save that for another day. Um, so when uh, the fans wake up tomorrow and listen to this, uh, who do you think will be the NL wildcard winner? Um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. 
and a lot of that's speaking out of my heart. Uh, Bumgardner is uh, his toughest start all year has been against the Pirates. Uh, so I'm hoping that somehow or another the Pirates and their uh, you know, being the home team and everything can kind of turn that around. Although the Giants really believe in themselves in this sort of situation. True. And if there's any way in the possible for it to be a Royals Pirates World Series, how happy would you be? Oh, I would I would be ecstatic. Uh only I'm not certain how good that is for baseball. Radiance would be awful. Uh true. But uh Pittsburgh is a great baseball town. Uh I mean people think you know, today they think of Pittsburgh, they think uh, first of the Steelers, and then after that, probably the Penguins. But Pittsburgh has been a great baseball town forever. Uh, Kansas City uh, deserves better than what they have gotten the last couple of decades. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in my heart, I'm truly hoping that, you know, hoping that it's some combination of the central teams, either Detroit and uh, Pittsburgh or Kansas City and Pittsburgh. So I, I'm also... The Orioles, to me, uh, the uh, if Showalter isn't the manager of the year, I don't know yeah. who could be. I mean, everybody on that team has been shot except for the uh, the steroid guy they got in Davis. Left. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, uh, uh, Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Davis hadn't hit two hundred. Uh, yeah, the, uh, and he's still is he out? Yeah, he's, he's out. been injured. Yeah, uh, he's I still suspended though. Yeah, I don't, but I think he can come back if they're like, uh, I don't know, in the LCS or the World Series. Yeah. I mean, he's not out through the whole thing. But no, definitely, there's a lot of great fan bases that have been waiting a long time to see meaningful baseball in this year's postseason. And, and as much as I hate it, it would be good to see Washington in. Absolutely. I mean, uh, absolutely. The uh, the the Washington is a lot like the Yankees in years past to me. I hated the team, but the individuals on the team, they're not so bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know right. I mean? you know? And all that pitching, great, great, oh, yeah. great yeah. pitching. And, you know, Bryce Harper, here in Atlanta, we hate him, but we always say if he was on our team, we'd love him. There you so, go. There you go. Well, Coach, thank you very much. Looking forward to the, to the postseason coming up, and we'll see you again next week. See you later, Tucker. All right, have a good night. Good night. Bye.